Good afternoon, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Hope you can hear me okay. As uh, many of you might have uh, tuned in last year, I spent all year paranoid as to whether or not you could hear me at the start of every show, and I've, I promised that this year I wouldn't do that. Now, you're going to have to indulge me this one show. I've had to put everything back together again. Uh, it's been I'm a bit rusty, and so you've got to at least indulge me this one to tell me uh, whether or not you can hear me okay in the comments section. This is a daily broadcast at weekdays 12 30 till one o'clock with me jack chew in which we chew over all things usually msk but particularly healthcare education anything that's topical even into current affairs basically whatever it is you want to talk about often with an esteemed guest and we had some crackers last year got some more great guests planned for this year but you stuck with just me this episode and as we reflect on what's to come for 2021 tell you a little bit about our plans but also reflect on the new year, new news uh, that we've all had with regards to this ever aggressive tiering system and what that means especially the consequences in healthcare um, this is broadcast across about seven different channels so youtube facebook instagram linkedin twitch where else do i miss facebook could i say that um and so therefore whilst you can interact amongst yourselves where if you happen to uh, encounter this you can also um when you post your comments etc no matter where i get them from i can pull them up on screen and we can do it that so if there's people discussing things on facebook but you're actually preferring to watch this on linkedin for example or youtube then don't worry post your comments and we can get you involved that way so please do not be shy um as i said please do let me know uh, as long as you can hear me loud and clearly signal looks stable as far as i can tell i've turned my microphone on um and also i want to introduce you to a christmas present of mine that i got um, i noticed um, I had a bit of time um, over Christmas, New Year time off uh, to actually watch a couple of these things and just to see what what that, what that was about. So I watched a couple of Chewing It Over episodes and I realised just how deep my eye sockets look and how tired and haggard I look. And so fortunately in my stocking was this little gadget. So look at this. Ta-da! A little bit of a backlight. I don't know if that's good news for you guys or not, but it's actually quite pleasing that I can now at least see my own eyeballs. I did not realise just how how tired I was looking. Um, it's only accurate. Um, I'm no less tired now than then. Uh, however, at least I can, uh, maybe I just look pale now. I'm not sure. But anyway, this this light I got as a Christmas present. So I'm very pleased with it. As far as I can tell, that's an improvement. And I actually don't, don't scare myself when I see my reflection now, which is helpful. So yeah, thank you so much, Joe Turner, um, for saying that she can hear it very well. I've got a thumbs up from Sally Roberts. Hi, Sally. Thanks for tuning in. That tells me that things are working okay. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's the thumb, Sally. Is the thumbs up for the new lighting system? Is this is this an improvement? You have to let me know. There we go. On off. Is that making a difference? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, nice to use a Christmas gadget rather than it just getting stashed in my bedside table, which is what often happens. Um, a few things I definitely want to talk uh, talk about. Uh, Joe said you can see my eyeballs again. Unclear as to whether that's a good thing or not, but I, I think it's preferred. It was a bit bit dark uh, to me when I was watching it back, thinking I look I look scarier than I am. I've noticed as well. I've been inviting guests onto the show for the coming weeks and stuff, and uh, people saying, "Oh, I'm a bit nervous and stuff. Are you are you, you going to be scary?" I don't know. I always thought was it that uh, was I coming across uh, as as being scary or intense or whatever, but maybe I was just overestimating that they were meaning uh, maybe being scary of character. They were actually meaning do I look scary because my eyes were so sunken uh, because of the poor lighting in this studio. So now I hope that that's uh, hope I'm more approachable, warm figure this year. Maybe that should be my intention, uh, my resolution. So it was so. 
we're into the, we're stuck it we're stuck into the this this tiering lark. And um, as I cheesily, you know, I won't be the, the first even in the last 10 minutes that's probably said this to you, but Happy New Tier is the title of the, this day's, uh, today's show. Um, what does it mean? Obviously, we, we, it sounds like, never mind Tier 4, it sounds like we're, we're getting getting higher and higher tiers. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated as to exactly what would be closed in Tier 5, Tier 6, um, trying to work out exactly what it would what it would mean. Um, you know, it's, it's Tier 7, you're not allowed to leave your bedroom. I don't know. Is that, you know. I'm trying to work out exactly how far it can go in terms of that, that style of infringement. However... Um, you know, we, none of us were laughing this morning when we were finding out exactly, especially trying to work out whose kids can go to school, whose kids should go to school, that sort of thing. Now, my children are one year old now, had their birthday whilst I was off air, um, and and so they're not at school. Um, however, we've obviously had uh, they go to they go to nursery a couple of mornings a week, and, uh, and so we had to sort of suss that out. And I imagine those that are, and I've got members of my team that are then trying to work out whether or not their kids. Uh, can go back or should go back and all that sort of stuff who is or isn't a, uh, a key workers come back onto the fold particularly um as we evaluate uh, what the best thing is for us all to do moving forward in society and and obviously these present huge challenges across the board but when it comes to healthcare is the um, the COVID specific um, nature of it with regards to the rehabilitation needs of COVID patients, be that long COVID or otherwise. There's then the acute need for those with versatile skill to potentially uh, lend themselves to um, respiratory care. And I don't just mean those of us that have got a dusty stethoscope that they once used in their wardrobe, but those that have actually got versatile skills in a respiratory direction, or at least acute medical direction um and what they should be doing um as well as then the broader consequences to business be that msk uh, neuropedes businesses that we've been hearing a lot from as to what they should be doing and so i'm not going to be able to go through um sort of top tips in that direction i'm, I'm fairly close to it uh, but certainly not as close as uh, general oliver and my other friends and colleagues on the administrative team of the physio support network that will be doing great work in that direction and so i'll catch up with them potentially if we need to we'll, we'll come up with some specifics and i know i know what gems like she'll be probably scheming some uh, some helpful broadcasts for you guys to try and work out what specifically we need to do there so unfortunately i haven't got any pearls of wisdom for you there i can simply share with you a little bit of uh, my, my broader reflections on it um and also to um to give the the key piece of info i want to give info is it or just pep talk i don't know just try and keep your chin up and, and don't allow yourself to overindulge in some some sense of new year's resolution no we're going to be super productive this year and i'm going to have all my shit together and we're going to pursue uh this year like no other give yourself a break this there's, there's so much out of your control right now that you need to make sure that you don't set yourself too rigid parameters around your existence especially in these early days because and i'm not just talking about i'm going to quit smoking lose weight cut chocolate out whatever i mean i mean like if you've got business plans and stuff like that that you're trying to pursue or this is what i'm definitely doing in quarter one and stuff give yourself a bit of a breathing space because there's so many things that you'll notice that the rug will get pulled under you uh, more than ever at the moment so just be mindful of that the next thing is that there's been a lot of talk about how healthcare professionals uh, should or shouldn't behave in and around this time with regards to sharing information um and 
um, helping each other, how much of it should be local policy, how much of it should be sort of um, governing bodies and professional bodies, etc. And we'll come to talk about that uh, a little later when we reflect on the CSP podcast that we did recently, which was great. Um, but I thought I'd just, just share my thoughts on the fact that there's I'm uh, want to promote a bit of a what's called a distributed responsibility model from individual through to a, any group of analysis all the way up to, of course, then um, governing bodies and uh, health quangos and the government and who's responsible for what. It's kind of distributed on a case by case basis and everyone's got their own layers. And when it comes to the decisions that need to be made, individualized risk assessment and clinical reasoning as to the appropriateness and pertinence of individual cases that need to be treated in an MSK environment is something that needs to be primary. Now, we all know that that means that people can play fast and loose, right? One person's urgency can simply be, um, or, or a lack of urgency in a clinical case to someone can be made made the case for urgency based on symptomology or, or the potential mental health sequelae that we've been hearing people use that reason or excuse. So, you know, you see someone who's a, a fairly acute sprained ankle with no vascular concerns or anything like that. It just seems a run of the mill. You see that as being something that could well be triaged as such as not being particularly urgent. And therefore, is there a way in which you can then get that person to see you uh, virtually if they're happy with that consultation? Um, however, you've seen people then make the case that that's all well and good, but um, that patient could well but by way of that ankle sprain be catastrophizing therefore not weight bearing at all through it uh, despite there being no indication that they shouldn't and therefore um developing significant mental health problems because they're not even going up their stairs they're sleeping on the couch they're therefore getting a bad back i've seen all sorts of different rationale whereby people are almost offering their version of a consequentialist ethic to justify what could be and whilst i understand to some extent that that of course could be the case that is that is a factor that you're just you're cooking the books a little bit in my opinion on your reasoning there where if you're always trying to think of the worst case scenario i think you're starting with the conclusion your, your conclusion that you're wanting to come to is that regardless of the circumstances regardless of the tearing and the social circumstance we find ourselves in with the virus and this especially the, excuse me the new strain then i want to see anyone in MSK practice that wants to see me face-to-face -face, as was business as usual, hopefully in PPE, right? But, and legally, I don't see any reason as to why you can't be doing that right now compared to, legally and then ethically compared to say first lockdown, right? I think that it doesn't look like there's any uh, governmental or public health England guidance that's going to be as 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 specific over um, shutting down face-to-face -face care in MSK care, for example. However, I suppose I want to admit that that's, even when there's clearly people doing that and just keeping their head down, and, and I don't like them either, but it's the people that are then sort of torturing logic and, and corrupting a clinical reasoning and risk assessment process in order to justify their own conclusion. I don't know why, but that's even that's rubbing me up the wrong way, even worse than those that are keeping their head down. I mean, I'm one that likes people sharing their opinion, but stuff like that's just annoying because you just you're just not realizing how much you're justifying a decision rather than evaluating and reasoning a decision and coming to a conclusion. Like you just that's frustrating in a way. It's like just just live with it if you're going to do that if you if you're just in a situation or position and there's some good reasons for this and there's also people that have got different opinions on the um on the virus at this current 
point in time, of which I've got some sympathy for the fact that there's varied opinions across the board, but just, yeah, you know, please, you, you, you're depressing me early in the year to see people just, just cooking the books on their own reasoning in that direction and, and somewhat uh, playing roughshod with the spirit, the social spirit of, of healthcare uh, as to do no harm is not to try and find loopholes. And that applies as well across uh, across professions. I've seen, um, you know, we're in safer ground in terms of legality and governance within sort of medicine and nursing and physiotherapy as part of AHPs and, and, and things like that. I'm in a better spot in many ways in terms of the do's and don'ts than sports rehabilitators, sports therapists, sports massage therapists, that sort of stuff that, that are then uh, not under a specific regulator. So it's difficult and it's complex and you should listen to the guidance that comes from your organisations. However, again, I admit that it shouldn't be about how you can find loopholes in order for you to just continue practising as, as normal, as status quo. Uh, you've just got to be mindful. And, and also, please do, you know, you, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan and advocate of, of uh, all MSK professions and, and not really giving much of a monkeys about the delineations between professions much of the time. I'm, I'm often talked about on this show. However, sometimes there is a relevance. And one of those things that's relevant is the legality and the governance that sort of surrounds it. And that's one of the things to, that I've noticed a little bit of is if, if you're someone that has done a series of, of courses that has made you a um, level two massage therapist who then practices and, and hopefully, thoughtfully, um, in, in an evidence-informed direction and the, therefore you've got these other strings to your bow, et cetera, it, it's, it's gutting for me that some brilliant clinicians are not legally able to practice right now. However, I tell you whose fault it isn't. It isn't your random ass physiotherapist or it isn't the csp for example's fault that you can't and i've seen sometimes there's a little bit of a chip going on people's shoulders and there's a little bit of fist shaking at the clouds and it's like that doesn't help anyone and that certainly doesn't help me who's sympathetic to your cause and so i'm uh, in a situation whereby i've seen i've seen some really good behavior and i've seen some really bad behavior and i've seen some people that are then yeah trying to find loopholes in order to just continue as is um and cross their fingers that either they don't get don't get had out or that uh, people aren't going to bear this in mind when considering it and i, I tell you what i'm not noticing this on mass but let's just say that um other professions within the msk disciplines were to the majority of them were to pursue a strategy like that where they thought they would be as smart asses to find loopholes and to practice and to, to make the case for well here's the mental health sequelae potential for that ankle sprain to need seeing and it doesn't just need seeing it needs an hour's worth of manual therapy and acupuncture and and, and they, they, they find whatever tortured logic and, and loopholes to try and do that and, and feel smug about having managed to do so it may well not have any consequences that land on you. I'm not certainly making any idle threats there, but I'm just admitting to you that people like me who are sympathetic to this sort of monoculture of, of, of MSK therapies that we aspire to from reading from the same literature and cross-pollinating education, I will admit to you now, it does you no favours with people like me, right? It, it makes me less likely to go into bat for you if you're going to be like that. You know, you're behaving like the cowboys uh, across or across professions. Uh, but you're particularly indulging some of those cowboy-like strategies. And um, yeah, not an idle threat and certainly not something I'm seeing in the majority. But I am admitting to you, if, if that's something that I see as being a theme 
um, and, a, and a majority rather than an exception, etc. Then yeah, it does it does leave a bad smell, bad taste in my mouth. I'm not seeing it yet. I'm not saying there's a critical mass in which has made me particularly pissed off. But it's just an admission that those things do play in in, in the in it play a feature in the reasoning of reformers like me. Really, is that you're looking on and you're thinking, how maturely are people behaving? How reasonably? Um, how well are they articulating their thoughts and and, and being considered? Uh, over the distributed responsibility model that is across UK healthcare as well as society, of course, at large. And so, yeah, just thought I'd uh, raise that flag and bear that in mind. Before I go on, let's just uh, let's just have a, a double check and see. Obviously, I'd uh, like to ask you guys some questions as we go along, and so please do, as I'm riffing on this, please do let me know your thoughts and feelings on it. How are you getting on? How is the new tiering system affecting you, be that in business or in life? Anyone that's tuning in that might be having a bit of downtime in their NHS work, be that acute or otherwise, you know, I know we've got fairly versatile and, uh, and distributed uh, listenership across various different platforms, uh, as well as then the sectors that you are working sort of fascinating. So I've had the community therapists who work mainly with acute elderly um post post orthopedic type community work etc uh that, that i know listen so please do let me know uh, be that live now or if you're tuning in on the podcast after the fact as many do um i've been really interested in, in your thoughts on this because it's a it's a complex area certainly no right and wrong answers that i'm inferring but i'm, I'm also admitting that when you're on the extremes of of, of any of these things so one extreme would be that people are suggesting that that any therapist of any persuasion that's seen anyone face to face for the next two months should be struck off right nonsense nihilism and then the other side of it being that that i've just described at length whereby someone's sort of cooking the books on the logic and sort of inferring that it should be status quo business as usual because of these loopholes and stuff it's like ah we're better than that surely let's find somewhere in the middle so if anyone else has sort of observed some of those behaviors but if you have i wonder what your thoughts are do let me know in the comments or after the fact uh of course just uh, drop us a drop us a message probably best email for that would be info at physio-matters.com now, one of the uh, things I wanted to lay out for you as well is um, our 2021 plans. I talked a little bit about this last year uh, as to what Physio Matters and Therapy Live, etc. have got uh, in store for you. Um, the, I will, and I will revisit that, but I feel like I fancy doing that at the end because one of the things that I've had a lot of questions come in over the last couple of days on, uh, because yesterday our Physio Matters 85 dropped, so that's 85th month, which is crazy. I don't know if you caught it, but at the end of uh, last year, we hit 2.5 million downloads across the whole channel, which is bizarre, crazy. But um, we did a podcast where we usually, on January, our January episode is usually reflections with the team. Like You usually have a few members of the Physio Matters podcast team, and we talk about the year that has been and what we've got planned for the next year. And then we realized that we were a bit overexposed, I think, this year with all Therapy Live stuff that we've done and the quizzes and the bonus content. So instead, I thought well, it would be smart for us to sort of review it on a governance level because it's been a unique year. So we had Alex McKenzie, who's the chair of council, uh, elected chair of council for, from the CSP who came on Physio Matters, and that went out yesterday. That's going down really well. People really, um, really good feedback from that which is nice and, and particularly people are rightly praising Alex for coming on the show and engaging with the issues in, in a way that people um, and I thought at the time and I think I said this to Alex both on and off air you know it feels really refreshing conversation she's you know wherever we might disagree and there's plenty of other things no doubt that we didn't cover that we, we disagree about that um, the way in which she does it is exactly what you'd hope for from an elected member of council of a membership body however I said at the time I felt like that was quite novel and um, unfortunately, in many ways, 
a lot of you agree. A lot of you have been incredibly refreshed by that and by her and by the fact that she seems someone that would be approachable and, and things like that, which is absolutely what I've found with her and many of her other council members, which is good. Um, there were some interesting things that came up. I don't want to give any too ma bit of a major spoiler alerts. It's definitely something worth listening to. We sort of tackled the um, challenges that the independent and private sectors faced uh, that were unique to the NHS, but we also, of course, covered the things that the NHS was facing at the time. We didn't really get stuck into sort of workforce uh, and any of the rehab recruit stuff, we, which we could have done. We sort of touch on world events and world affairs. You know, Alex is very passionate about the EDI agenda and the way in which the CSP are pursuing an EDI strategy that's coming out soon um so she was talking about george floyd black lives matter and how that had moved her into understanding things like uh, privilege theory and she touched on a few bits and pieces like that so it's definitely well worth having a little look at and also keep your questions coming in one thing that is particularly why i wanted to bring it up in today's show is because one of the questions that we that would from you guys that, that shared with us is you're asking about vaccinations and you're asking about will physiotherapists on mass be um would the csp's policy if they could if, if they could make one be that, that we should all be vaccinated regardless of what sector because there's a considered concern that people are likely to be vaccinated as part of their nhs role whereas it might well be that people that are otherwise treating similarly uh, the, a similar caseload in the private sector as health professionals would not necessarily be then on that same rung within um the vaccination schedule I asked Alex that question and Alex quite honestly said, she said, I don't think we've got a policy on that. She then articulated a couple of her own personal views as to as to who should be vaccinated and when, and, and totally, totally reasonable and great answer uh, for her to not know. But she then later found out, I think like the next day or something, she found out that they have got a policy on that and then shared the links on social media to that. And so there is more, that conversation could have been more developed if, um, if, We'd have known that, you know, between me and Alex, and so we didn't. So apologies for that. that that's something that needs to be updated. And by, by way of updating the record, what I'll do is I'll reach out to the CSP and see um, who came up with that policy, etc., um, or who's responsible for it, or who wants to talk about it. And I know that's where a lot of you have got questions. And so what I'll do is I'll try and get them on to tune it over sometime soon to sort of unpack that a little bit and understand the us and ours of, of how uh, they might be able to influence that or what the consequences are for the vaccination scheduling uh, because i know i've got a lot of questions in that direction and i'm um, sorry that uh, it turned out me and alex couldn't answer them and no fault of hers you know she just didn't, wasn't privy to that information until afterwards and has set about um correcting the record uh which is good so um what i would um what i would like to do now before i finish with a flourish and tell you a little bit about what we've got planned is just bring you guys in on the chat so thanks uh paula she said riffing is good i'm glad because that's all i do sally roberts great lighting 10 years younger thank you sally uh really appreciate that um I'm, I'm hopeful that that's the case rather than it just making me look pasty um so yeah thank you very much and jane harris has tuned in she sent a thumbs up thank you very much i've then got a long one here from Jenny Archer. Let's get stuck into this. There is a big silence on your chat at present, which is way off the mark because the vast majority of us justify absolutely everything we do. Now is the time to build up confidence in the work we do with patients and also give credence to the ethical society to which we belong. Very negative talking about cowboys and chartered physios in the same breath. Cheers, Jenny. Really appreciate your thoughts on this. Completely disagree. Um, unfortunately, you will find me talking about Lots of things, and there's no big silences, I'm afraid. Uh, you may, may find points of emphasis, 
in which I might talk about cowboys because they exist and they don't get shone a light on nearly enough, unfortunately. Um, we could all be prim and proper and pretend uh, that they don't exist. We could also pretend that, that we're a, a credibly governed profession. We could pretend that being a chartered physio is somehow relevant to being a physio that's non-chartered, which is a nonsense unless you can provide me with some evidence to the contrary. To be a chartered physiotherapist, for example, is someone that pays their dues to be part of a trade union and professional body without any then governance structure between a physiotherapist and a chartered physiotherapist, barring a code of conduct of which you sign your name against. And so, uh, no, I, you know, I will certainly be unapologetic for the fact that I do that. Um, that said, um, if you, if those that are tuning into this particular episode haven't heard plenty of my work before. Uh, I have a podcast called Physio Matters. I feel that physio does matter. Um, certainly an optimist, certainly someone that is very proud of the work that we all do to try and pursue rehabilitation. However, uh, it's because of my passion for that and the fact that, unfortunately, the uh, the side gets let down by people that are otherwise unscrupulous means that I do shine a light in that direction plenty. Um, and so if, if you think I'm suggesting that that's the majority, then yeah, you may, you're mistaken. You've, uh, I would argue, not been listening to the wider body of my work. However, if you're, and I've heard this plenty of times, you know, and I'm not just picking on Jenny's point here, you know, I've heard this plenty, is if you, uh, if you feel that actually it's doing the profession down to even um, mention that they exist, uh, then, yeah, unfortunately, we just disagree. You know, that's, the, that's a, a prim and properness, that's a, uh, what I call professional correctness that I think has unfortunately meant that we've been very vulnerable as a profession. Uh, there are plenty of places in the profession to hide, and, uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm certainly unapologetic about the fact that I'll shine a light on that. Sunlight is the best disinfectant, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, thank you, Jenny, for your comment. Uh, it sounds like there's some disagreement. But unfortunately, yes, I, uh, I certainly, uh, I'm, I've never been accused of silence before. <laughs> there's very few things that I won't talk about. So if there's anything you want to pick a bone with me on there, Jenny, then I'll tell you what, this is a perfect place for us to do it. Let's uh, get you on the show later this week or, or, to, or next week or something, whenever you're free. And you can have me out on that if you feel that there's an imbalance going on in my rhetoric there. Paula Clayton, I think people look for loopholes because they're struggling to pay bills. I'm not saying it's right, but I can see how it might happen. I'm thoroughly confident with my processes now after closing for four months during the outbreak. I'm still seeing face-to-face -face patients in private practice and in the hospital. However, I have no hesitation shutting my doors tomorrow if the need arises. I think that's absolutely right, Paula, and, and certainly something that um, I certainly consider. And I don't think that that's the, that's the, um, the loophole seeking necessarily that I'm meaning. Um, I certainly think that there's, the majority are giving a completely reasonable approach to it in the wisdom in face-to-face patients as we speak i'm sure they're probably walking through the practice um it's more that you know just don't don't torture logic you know, there's no reason for it there's no need for it you know it's uh it's that you don't want to start a reasoning process with a conclusion regardless of where you're trying to end up now the the fact that people need to keep the lights on and pay the bills it's it's, it's fascinating to me just how little um credit has been given to that as a feature and the fact that there's many a great clinician that aren't going to be able to provide quality care and actually help the health of society as we need them because they're going to be run out of business by poor policy poor governance poor politics poor work from the the quangos completely incoherent strategies across the board with regards to the um, staggering of all of this and so i absolutely do not put uh, all the responsibility on the on the uh, shoulders of the um of the clinicians on this, I think that we've been we've been really uh, underappreciated and and certainly uh, not been helped as much as we could have done, and uh, and it absolutely guts me. 
um, how undersupported uh, we've been for, for ver in various different ways. And so I'm massively sympathetic and, and I'm a business owner that continues to be concerned about how to keep the lights on. Of course, not this light, this wonderful little backlight that, that's keeping on nicely. Can afford to keep that on for a bit. Um, but yeah, it's not it's a concern on a business level on the macro, not just the healthcare businesses, but also just, yeah, I'm just mortified just how many pubs are closing. Um, it feels like they, it feels like the uh, early two thousand again, where all the pubs were closing down for other reasons. You know, it just feels a bit weird on the on the broad economic level as to just how sustainable this this life is at the moment in society. So I am massively concerned about that, and so I do understand why people need to be really stringent and, and weigh those factors up. But equally, I, I don't like um, I don't like the fact that people then uh, will just uh, think that that's a reason to run roughshod over their own logic, uh, especially. And, we, and to be honest, you don't see that amongst the sensible, evidence-informed folk that, that can integrate rehabilitation appropriately. Um, so, yeah, Paul has then said, agreed, don't torture logic. Thank you, Sarah Tribe. Loving this, Jack. And this is a brilliant one. Where is it? Ben. Ben, is it Widebrow? Windbrow? Widebrow? Hi, Ben. He said, will therapy live clash with the football Euros in June? <laughs> Absolutely brilliant question. We definitely need to consider that. It's really interesting to see the Euros and the Olympics. It'd be fascinating to see what goes on with them, depending on where we're all up to with, with vaccinations, etc. Um, and so, uh, yeah, really appreciate that question. And I'll definitely be bearing that in mind. We are going to be doing a big show in June um, for Therapy Live. Um, which will be 10 streams uh, of education already starting to get some plans together for that if you haven't noticed already we've also got the pelvic health show which is in march um to get your tickets for that they are doing really well we've got a campaign starting next week uh with uh, pelvic health so that that hopefully will uh, will sell out fairly quickly but amazing the response to that it's not just for pelvic health therapists either it's kind of especially for your msk therapists that need to know more about that and should know more about it but also then some specialist content for pelvic health um, specific therapists as well so anything from pelvic stress fractures through to some specific postpartum stuff uh, which would be really interesting and i'm definitely excited for that it's going to be one of our smaller shows sort of two three streams and so thank you so much for all your interest in that as well as all the uh, physio matters network stuff that you might well have seen um really excited to be bringing you I think it's going to be like eight to 10 podcasts a month, but across different uh, different topics, not just Physio Matters stuff. Uh, we've got Massage Matters at your cervix podcast. We've then got You Matter, which is starting with Joe Turner on self-care and looking after yourself in these difficult times. Um, we've got um, me and Rob Bevan. We launched our Therapy Business Matters to try and support, uh, especially especially private practice businesses in MSK. Me and Rob is a chiropractor. We're in MSK business and therefore wanted to sort of speak to some of our experiences in that and get some of our favorite uh, talking heads on to give uh, their their sort of support um, to businesses because it felt like a gap in our offering really we just want to raise standards across the board and make sure that we uh, are there to champion those of you that are delivering quality care for your patients and so uh, that's our thoroughness of offering for 2021 i've probably missed some stuff there that we've got coming up but i'm out of time because of your lovely wonderful comments so uh, thank you so much for engaging really appreciate it and i won't see you tomorrow um because um yeah i've got a child care issue on the tuesday afternoon so i'm going to need him to uh, to do that so unfortunately i can't get a full weekend this first week uh, but we'll be sorting that out for the future weeks uh, potentially having a, a you'll be pleased to hear a cover host 
on, on Tuesdays sometimes. But then on Wednesday, I've got Wellbeing Wednesday with Joe Turner, who I mentioned before. And we're going to be talking about some of the specifics around what, to, what your do's and don'ts are for this uh, start of the year, especially when it comes to putting pressure on yourself and, and, and aspiring to be productive at a time where the, 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 the sort of floor is moving from under you. Uh, and despite best efforts, it's difficult to get a foothold. And so we're going to sort of talk about that and how to not apply too much pressure to yourself. That's on Wednesday. And then later in the later in the week, hopefully, as I said, we'll talk more about vaccinations and things, but also um, getting stuck into some clinical stuff. Uh, really looking forward to that um, later in the week and into next week with some brilliant guests that I will announce on Wednesday. So that's enough for me. Huge thanks for tuning in to my first episode of the year. Really appreciate it. Looks like the numbers have been good and the chat function has been brilliant. Sorry, I haven't been able to get to all of your chats. Um, but uh, as ever, if you've got a lot to say and you want to join me to say it, then please do get in touch. I'd love to have you on the show. That's what this is for. It's for you and for us to chew it over. So anyway, bye for now.